0: These two who walked toward the village of Emmaus were struggling with grief as they discussed their situation with each other. Their lives were captured by the moments of those previous days leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus, and then they were mystified by some of the tales that were being shared around about the events of that morning. It may be that you have struggled with grief in your life. I suspect that all of you have lost family members or friends in death and have seen grief up close. You know that this is a part of our living to struggle with grief. Some of you are aware of the loss that I had of my mother just recently and Let me report to you that her loss is still very real. In fact, she visits me in my dreams. She makes herself known. As we come together in this place today, I want us to think for just a moment about these disciples particularly and how they dealt with their grief. David Wyatt shares a poem that I would like to read for us today. Listen carefully to his words. Those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief, turning downward through its black water to the place we cannot breathe, We'll never know the source from which we drink, the secret water, cold and clear, nor find in the darkness glimmering the small round coins thrown by those who wished for something else. It's just like a poet to put it like that. Did you hear how he described it? Those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief. I was in Nashville, Tennessee for a year in between college and seminary. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to get with a group of students from Vanderbilt who were planning a canoe trip down the Nantahala River. I was looking forward to this, although I was a novice in whitewater canoeing. We were told in a class that we went to to learn the basics that when the Tennessee Valley Authority opened the floodgates and let the waters come through, that the Nanahala, which could be at times almost considered a lazy river, would become this raging river that was quite dangerous. The man that was sharing with us about how to canoe on a whitewater river told us several things that were interesting. First off, he told us, you don't need to paddle. All you need to do is to steer the canoe correctly, and you must do that by simply using your paddle to pry away from the boat the water that you don't want to be there. Now, we'll talk about this later. And what that means. But the thing that caught my attention was, he said, when you capsize, when you turn your canoe over. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to turn my canoe over. (laughs) He said, when you turn your canoe over, you will panic because you will be surrounded by water that will be attempting to drown you. In fact, what may happen, he said, is that you will be caught in an eddy in this water that has flown over with such force, the rock that is below the surface, that it doubles back on itself and it will be, it will be forcing you down when you're wanting to get up to the surface. He said, you will never win that battle. He said, you need to do This And I said, what? He said, you need to swim to the bottom of the river. And I said, you're crazy. It was not long that I had been out on the river and my canoe flipped. And it occurred to me what he had said to swim to the bottom of the river. He had said, If you swim to the bottom of the current, it will spit you out downstream. I learned that he was right. And I thought about that when I heard this poem by David Wyatt, those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief. I know too many people that hold on to their grief for far too long. Not that grief itself is not a part of human living and is right for us to experience, but the way in which we experience it ties us up with this struggle on the surface to the point that we cannot partake of the peace that God wants to bring to us. Jesus, this stranger, comes in on the discussion that had already been occurring, and he asks them a very graceful question What are you discussing? he makes them contemplatives, they not only are talking, now they've got to share with this stranger what it is that they're talking about. So they have to think this through again. The words that they choose are very revealing. They said at one point in telling this story about Jesus of Nazareth and his death, They said, but we had hoped. Did you pick up on that? But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Their hopes were in the past, not in the present or in the future. They had consigned themselves to their place of grief. Now, the beauty of this is that in the process of Jesus asking them the question, and they did not know it was Jesus, In the process of his asking the question, what are you discussing? He invited them into the mystery of who he was and what he is able to do. While we are struggling with loss and pain and sorrow and emptiness, our struggle is not to forget that or to just simply live in the midst of it, but to go deeper to go deeper down to where the stream of the river can move us to that place of peace. We had hoped is not good enough for Jesus to do his work within us. That is not at the place of mystery. That is simply at the place of pain. We will lock down our minds and our hearts and not permit Jesus to do his work When we become entrapped in grief. They could not even see who Jesus was. Because of their grief. And he was standing right in front of them. Now the beautiful thing is here. That even though they did not recognize who Jesus was. The crucial thing is occurring. He recognized who they were. And he's still doing that today. If you think that you were out there on your own, dealing with your pain, your situation, your grief, your sorrow, those parts of your life that will never change seemingly. And you have gotten to the place where even all of your training tells you that Christ isn't present. You might not even recognize him if he showed up. The beautiful thing is he recognizes us. He recognizes us. Christ steps in. For those who speak of him. Jesus listened. And then he taught. The writers of the New Testament are filled with this. Because as they began to reflect on the life of Jesus. It was almost as if they were reading the Old Testament. The Hebrew scripture. Again for the first time. Everything that they read there. And it was set in motion, I believe, by Jesus and his reflections. With these two that were on the road to Emmaus. Everything seemed to point the direction toward the Christ. They come down the road. To the point that it's time to stop their journey. Jesus seems to be going further, even though they did not know it was Jesus. They asked that this stranger might come in and have supper with them. And when he does, no one suspected anything until the most simplest, the simplest of gestures. He took the bread. And he broke it blessed it and gave it to them. And the way in which he did it, they knew immediately who he was. The scripture, no matter how you read it, it's in Revised Standard or King James. However you read it, it says something very mysterious that I can't explain I don't know that we will ever understand it completely. He vanished from their sight. How did that occur? I don't know, but are you living in the mystery of the resurrected Lord? Sometimes I wonder about that. Here we are, just a couple of weeks outside of Easter and the celebrations. How easily, how quickly. We forget the grandeur of the moment of Jesus' resurrection. These who were not even a day away from that event were entrapped by their sorrow and their grief rather than the possibilities that Christ Himself had spoken to them. But they did get up when He vanished, and they made their trip right on into Jerusalem. Back that two-hour journey from Emmaus in order that they might share with the other 11 disciples what they had heard. And here it is, this dance of pronouns. That, That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered there. They were saying, not those that had come, but those that were already there were talking About the Lord who had risen indeed and had appeared to Simon Peter. They came in on a conversation realizing that Jesus had already made his appearance in Jerusalem. And then they were saying those that did come from Emmaus. They told what had happened on the road. And how he had been made known to them. In the breaking of the bread. Where is it that you look for Jesus? He might appear at any time. You know that. We had a church consultant come when I was pastor in Dublin at Pine Forest. Joe Myers, his name. I can remember just going out to eat with him. A very simple lunch, and we were sitting there eating a hamburger. And I looked across the table at him and I said, Joe, I feel so fortunate just to be here, just the two of us together and to share this meal. And he looked up and smiled and he said, Bill, for me, every meal is a sacrament. Now, he wasn't saying that he just loved food. He was living sacramentally the sacrament of the present moment. He was looking for the presence of Jesus in his life that day. Are you looking for the presence of Jesus? Do you sense that this resurrected Lord is calling us into the depths in order that we might live and be free? filled with the mystery the power of that mystery of our resurrected Lord when Jesus reappeared it says that his first words to them was peace be with you but they were terrified by this kind of greeting they were startled to the point that they thought that they were seeing a ghost and he said but it's me you know his feet were making their impressions in the sand. They were looking at this risen, Lord, no ghost would be able to let you touch his flesh, his hands, his feet, and to realize that this was their Jesus. And as they looked upon the radiance of his life, He said to them, It's written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in His name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Do you sense what our purpose is? We who have been gathered by the forgiveness of our Lord are given the responsibility and privilege of sharing this beautiful mystery with others, calling them as well to be a part of this community of repentance and forgiveness. Can we ever understand it fully? Never. Do we ever want to live without it? Never. May God bless us as again today we gather at His precious invitation to receive of this holy meal in His name. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your